Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Okay, come. How many of you did it? I know you remembered, but how many of you did it? Raise your hand. Don't worry. How many of you did it? So you can see how many people actually did that. That's the difference. That's the difference. You've got to work on the word. I saw a quote today and I like it. It says, if God, I'm sorry, it says, God's word is not meant to be fast food. Okay? It, it was designed for you to have a long, good chew at it by a man called J.E. Yoda. So, um, how do you get the word into your system? You've got to do things like that. Like I gave. Separating the blessing from the cursing and taking time to do what? To meditate on it. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, if you didn't do it, you have to go back and do it. Hmm? But do you realize that um, if someone was sick, hmm? And is in the ICU, the intensive care unit. And uh, they said, you have to read these 60 verses every day. Are you sure the person will do it? Come on, are you sure the person will do it? Yes. Why do you think the person will do it? Huh? Because he's already sick and the person doesn't want to die. Uh, am I right? You don't have to wait till that time. This will prevent that time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, the discipline, listen to this, the discipline of meditating on God's word cannot be removed from the faith. And nobody can do that for you. I can teach you the word, but you've got to meditate on it yourself. Praise God. Alright, so, um, we dealt with a couple of things, and we ended in Deuteronomy chapter 28, from verse 21 to 61. We talked about the list of the curses, um, because we've been redeemed from what? From the curse of the Lord. These are very important truths. We've been redeemed from the curse of the Lord. Now, uh, Roy Hicks says this. One of the reasons why so many of God's people are not healed is because they do not fully understand the attitude of God towards sickness. Many people do not understand God's attitude towards sickness. Many people know God's attitude towards sin, but they do not understand fully God's attitude towards sickness. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, which is a very foundational scripture we've been talking about, you'd realize that when God said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness, let him have dominion, the picture that God had of man in that place is not a picture of a man who is sick. Right? Come on. Are we together? That's not the picture. Do you think that's the picture? No, because that man is designed to be in the image of God and his likeness. Now, when the man sinned, he fell. When the man sinned, he fell. Now, when man fell and that sin nature came in, that was the the route through which sickness and death came in. So, we must have an attitude that healing is God's perfect will for our lives. It's absolutely God's perfect will. Now, um, if you look at the scriptures carefully, both in the Old and, and in the New Testament, sometimes sickness and forgiveness of sin is tied together. We looked at the work of redemption. Now go to Psalm 103 and verse 3. Psalm 103. Psalm 103 
and verse 3. I like this scripture a lot if I'm praying. Verse 1. We can start reading from verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. So He's listing... Verse 3 now is going to list the benefits of God. Verse 3. Who pardons all your iniquities? Uh, the King James will say, who forgives all your iniquities? And who does what? Heals how many of your diseases? All of your diseases. So can you see that the forgiveness of sin and the healing of our diseases are put together there? He heals all our, um, forgives all our iniquities and does what? Heal all our diseases. You see, let me, let me explain something to you. These scriptures should be written in your heart. Uh, the picture I have of meditation is, you know, um, I'm not so much of a computer scientist, but, you know, it's like when computer scientists uh, are writing programs, right? They write programs behind the scene. And those turn out to be our apps, our website, and all of that. That's what meditation does. In, in meditating on the Word of God, you're writing the program of divine healing in your spirit, man. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, if you go to Mark chapter 2, let's read the story there in Mark chapter 2. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark chapter 2. Let's look at that. Verse 1 to verse 11. Mark chapter 2. Verse 1 to verse 11. When he came, when he had come back to Campanion, several days afterwards, it was heard that he was at home. So, uh, some church historian says that this was Jesus' personal home. And many were gathered. Um, when you read the scripture, it says, Foxes have holes, the beds of the air have nests, and the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. It doesn't mean Jesus was homeless. What he was saying was that if a fox wants to stay, he knows where to stay. The bed knows where to stay, but the Son of Man had not been crucified, and so man has not become the home of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I say the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. It's not like Jesus was a vagabond. Any, anywhere darkness meets him, that's where he will sleep. No, he had several homes he could stay. The home of Lazarus, uh, Mary and, and Martha and all of that in his own home, according to church history. But Jesus was speaking figuratively about his indwelling in man. Because now we are the tabernacle and we are the home of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. And, and many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Remember what we said on Sunday, how Paul used his room or his house to teach the message of the kingdom. Our homes must become epicenters of God's kingdom. When people come to your house, what do they learn? What do they talk about? Here was the house of Jesus. And people were gathered. He was speaking to them. He was preaching the word of God to them. We cannot over-preach the word of God. We cannot over-preach the word of God. Look at verse 3. And they came bringing to him a paralytic, carried um, by four men. So this man was paralyzed. But unable to get him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. <laughs> These people are strange. You know, and it's good to have these kind of friends who can, who knows how to get healing to you. Praise God. They carried the paralytic man to the house of Jesus. They, they looked at the crowd was much and I believe the four friends were looking at themselves. Say, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Say, what are you thinking? Say, it's the roof. <laughs> and they got ladders. <laughs> you know, if you have some friends, they'll say, you see, we have tried our best. Even you know that you have tried our best. You say, yes, I know. You say, no, let's go to the roof. So they can remember this man was paralyzed. 
So they bore a hole. And that's why people figured out it was, a, it was the house of Jesus. Because if it was the Pharisee, and you, t- you, you took the roof of the Pharisee off, right? You took the roof of the Pharisee off, that man will not get his healing until you replace that roof. You understand? But then people figured it was the house of Jesus because Jesus did not complain. Okay. Well. Uh, but unable to get him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above me. And when they had dug an opening, they let the man down on the pallet on which the paralytic was laying. So they, they put the man down straight at the face of Jesus. And Jesus seeing their faith. How did he see their faith? He saw their faith by their actions. So faith can be seen. Praise God. Said to the paralytic man, look at what Jesus said. Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, but some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. They didn't say it aloud. They were reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? He was thinking in their heart. Who can forgive sins but only God can forgive sins? Immediately, Jesus aware in his spirit. When I talk about spiritual perception, we're going to come back to this subject. How did Jesus know? His spirit picked their reasoning. This is not suspicion. Alright? It's not like you're walking somewhere, then you see two people talking, you don't say they are talking about me. No, that's suspicion. His spirit was aware because he answered directly the questions in their heart. He says, immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? Mm. Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Now, I want you to see something. Um, if you go to Psalm 103 that we read, the Bible says, um, I bless the Lord for all his benefit, who forgives, follow this now, who forgives all our iniquity and who heals how many of our diseases? All of our diseases. Now, here, observe Jesus. Jesus said, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or... Now, if I use um, or in a statement, like if I say it's A or B, it means it can be either. Am I right? Am I right? Like if I say it's this one or this one, it means I can use this one or I can use this one. Does that explain it? Do you understand it? Okay. So that means, for the healing of the man, listen carefully, for the healing of the man, Jesus could have said, your sins are forgiven. Or, he could have said, get up and walk. Did you follow that? Which means, your sins are forgiven, we have the same result. Or, get up and walk, we'll have the same result. Yeah? Because if I say, your sins are forgiven, the healing will come. If I say, or if I say, get up and walk, the healing will come. So what that means is, if it's either A or B, it means A or B is the same thing. So I can, if here is A and here is B, your sins are forgiven, get up and walk. I can actually change these two things and put B here and get A here and get the same results. Do you understand it? Which means that the content of A and the content of B are the same thing. Do you understand it? Do you understand it? No. Okay. It means your sins are forgiven has healing power. 
So, the simple act, the simple reason is because the same blood which forgives your sin is the same body that took the stripes of your healing. So, if God will forgive your sins, God can also heal you. So, let's read on. It says, which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and pick up your pallet and walk. But so, look at this. But so that you know, that you may know that the Son of Man... Now, if you read the King James Version, that's what we're going to deal with tonight. If you read the King James Version, can you put the King James Version quickly for me? Um, but so that you know that the Son of Man, in the King James Version, he uses the word power, has power on earth. It's fine. It it has power on earth. Now, listen very carefully. Very, very carefully. Don't miss this. A lot of times, the King James Version uses the word power for all its translation, which is not right. Because there there are, in fact, praise God, there are three, there are four Greek words used for power. Four Greek words used for power. Three are very popular. Paul used all four in the book of Ephesians, but I'll give you three. The first word used for power in the scripture is dunamis, explosive power. Then there is exousia, which is authority. And then there's kratos, which is the third one. And Paul uses all four of them in the book of Ephesians, but we're not dealing with that. But the two major ones you find in the scripture all the time is dunamis and exousia. And I'm going to explain that. Now, if you read the King James Version, it says, So that you know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of palsy. Now, he uses the word power. But the rendering there is exousia, which is authority. Now, it's very important you understand that because the issue of the healing of the sick has to do with legality also. That's why Jesus had to pay the price for us to be able to receive our healing. So, in dealing with sickness, we're not just dealing with the explosive power of God. We're dealing with the fact that the name of Jesus has got the legal right to bring healing. Don't worry, you'll get it. So, go back to the New American Standard. But so that you know that the Son of Man has authority. Observe that word. Note it very carefully. Because this is the same word he used when he was speaking to the disciples. When he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. It was this same authority he was delegating to the disciples. Praise God. Okay. Now. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, come on now, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. Now, it's interesting. (laughs) Jesus wants to heal this man, but he goes back again to say, okay, for you to know that I have the authority to forgive sins, pick up your pallet, and go home. Now, It's the same thing he was dealing with in the previous verse. That, listen, I can easily say, your sins are forgiven. Or I can say, pick up your pallet and go home. Am I right? So he comes back. Come on, are you following me? Say amen. Okay. So he comes back and says, for you to know that I can forgive sins, pick up your bed. He connects both things again. That my forgiveness of sin can flow in healing. And why am I laying this foundation? 
if God has forgiven you your sins, if God can forgive you your sins, he can give you healing. Because it's the same thing. And why this is important is because sometimes when people want to get healed, they want to justify why they should get healed. The truth of the matter is, just as you can go to God and receive his mercy when you sin, you can go to God and receive his mercy in healing. Have you heard people say, I think this sickness is coming upon me because of all the bad things I've done. That's a stumbling block to healing. Because there, listen, remember, do you remember I told you at the beginning that sickness, the healing of sickness has to do with legality also. Because there you are justifying why you should remain sick. Because in your mind, you're using the sickness to pay for your sins. Did you follow that? That's why Jesus now said, okay, I can easily forgive your sins and I can easily heal you. So, so, so that's why sinners even get healed. Because it's the outflowing of God's mercy. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, go to... So you see, forgiveness of sins and healing goes hand in hand. Now, go to Mark chapter 4 and verse 23. So we're looking at the kingdom of God and healing the sick. Don't forget. Mark chapter 4 and verse 23. Mark chapter 4 and verse 23. You've got to follow this gradually, gradually, gradually. And go back and meditate. When I began to believe God for divine health, I mean, I went through all the scriptures, reading. There was a time I went through the whole of the Gospels, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and underlined every place Jesus performed the miracle of healing and took my time to meditate on it. Those things, when you do them, sometimes you look like, oh, you're wasting your time. No, you're not. You're sowing spiritual seeds into your heart. You're sowing spiritual seeds into your heart. Mark chapter 4 and verse what? Verse 23. Okay? Alright. Now, Mark 4.23, look at this. It says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given to you besides. What he's trying to say is this. Um, how much you put into the word of God will determine how much you get from it. The same measure. That's why you cannot grow if you don't have time for God's word. It's the measure you put into God's word. That's the measure you get out of it. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, I wanted to say that, especially as regards meditating on healing scriptures. Meditating on healing scriptures. Now go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Now go to verse 23 and 24. Matthew chapter 4, 23, 24. It says, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee. All Galilee. The whole of the region of Galilee. Right? Teaching in their synagogue and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. That word proclaiming, I've told you before, it's used as the word preach, is keroso in the Greek. It means to herald or to make an announcement. Okay? He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease. Now, I need you to pay very particular attention. Don't rush over the scripture. Look at what Jesus was doing. He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and and healing. So, both of these things were going hand in hand. 
He wasn't doing one and leaving the other. Are you following this? Come on, talk to me now. Are you following this? He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom and at the same time doing what? Healing the sick. Now, let's pay attention to this. Look at this now. That's why I told you to study the Deuteronomy 28 and underline the sicknesses. Now, underline this in your Bible. Healing, look at this, every kind of disease. Every kind of disease. Now, if I say there is a medicine that cures every kind of disease, would there be any disease that this medicine cannot cure? Right? Because if there is a particular disease that this medicine cannot cure, then I cannot say it cures every kind of disease. Say amen. Do you understand it? If I say this medicine can cure every kind of disease. Now, if there is a particular disease that this medicine cannot cure, then it means my claims are false. Because if I say every kind, every kind means every kind except no kind. Yeah? Okay. Because there are sicknesses in people's body that doesn't have description. It falls under every kind. Sometimes you have something and the doctors are not aware. It falls under every kind. So underline that word. It says, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. So it means, now listen very carefully, the power, the healing power of God is an all-purpose medicine for all kinds of disease. And you know why I'm, I'm taking this this way? See, you know, sometimes we haven't thought about it. How many of you have ever given a thought to it like this, seeing it from the scriptures? Hmm? You know, you can, read, you can read that scripture now, right? You can read that scripture now and not pay attention to every kind. Yeah? Because you just feel like, yeah, yeah this is. And then you now see one strange sickness in your body. And you're like, ha, ah, this one, ha, ah, this one, ha, ah, this one. Hmm? You know, sometimes, depending on how the sickness attacks people, that's how their faith is. For instance, if I call you now and I say, uh, how many people have headaches? And I call you forward. And I say, hey, come and pray for them. What's going to happen to you? You're going to come out boldly, in Jesus' name, for the headache, right? Hmm? Okay. If I say, well... Uh, let's go to another meeting. We want to pray for cancer patients. What are you going to say? You see that laughter there? That laughter there has already told you that. You know what, Pastor? You see, in this life, everybody has their area. <laughs> are you understanding that? Right? Then, if I say, okay, we've got some cripples. Let's go to where they are. You, you know what's going to say, Pastor, don't worry, I will hold the camera. Do you know what is happening to you right now? You are using your own understanding. Listen carefully. That's why I'm t- t- talking to you about this scripture. You are using your understanding to regulate the power of God. That's why it is easier for you to get yourself healed when you have certain sicknesses. But when it goes to another level, you want to reach out to someone. It's not that the people are more powerful. And let me tell you this. The more you flow in the healing ministry, the more your confidence will arise. I've, I've gone to meetings where I don't have any, I don't feel any iota of anointing. And I'll call for pains. 
for some reason in this world, I've got so much faith about paint. And I see, I mean, if I pray for 10 people with paint, I know I can get 8 of them instantly healed of pains. Or get the pains dramatically reduced. I remember going for a meeting. Uh, girls gamma, is it Girls Gamma School now? What's the name of this school here? Government Girls. I went for a meeting. Who was it mean that meeting? I think it was Pastor knows then. I went to preach. It was a, it was a meeting uh, for the, the, the girls, the school. Ah, men, they were laughing. You preach here, they will talk. You, ah. So I was like, well, what can I arrest these people? So I called for people who had pains. About 10, 12 people came forth. Laid hands on all of them. All of them were miraculously healed. We tested the pains before and after. The whole just came calm. Okay? Now, I wasn't led to do that in the sense, but over time, I've, I've, by experience and by use, by practice, praise God, I've, I've, I've mastered that dimension. It's not as far using the power of God as you will, but more of my faith is exercised in that direction. Now, there are miracles I've not seen in my ministry um, that I'm believing for, that other people have seen. Now, if those people see it regularly, their faith, that's why you discover that for a genuine minister of the gospel, you can trace his increase in the healing ministry. Not that the power of God is coming upon him more. The more he gets cases healed, the more the unbelief in that area is lifting up. You know, sometimes you would think you have faith until you go to the hospital. Have you seen some people in the hospital? They say, ah, mama is sick. Ah, mama, how can mama be sick? Ah, let's go and see mama. Then they stroll there with confidence. Ah, what nonsense. How can he be sick? And then they get inside the hospital. They see the woman on the bed. Ah, then they start crying. Then they will not leave the person they went to pray for and not be concerned. It's okay. It's okay. It's well. He said, leave me. It's not well. It's not. What has happened? You know, on seeing that condition, every courage, every faith has evaporated. So, you, you've got to meditate. Go back home and do this. Meditate on this word. Every kind of sickness. That means any kind of sickness in this earth is covered in the fact that Jesus healed them. It doesn't matter if we know their names or not, including COVID-19. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, look at this. Verse, where in verse what now? Verse 24. The news about him spread throughout all Syria. And they brought to him all who were ill. Those suffering with various, observe that word, various diseases and pains. That means pains are not normal. <laughs> Pay attention now. You can just keep that over. Praise God. You can just skip that over. Like, oh, all kind of disease and pains. And your mind is just going to... That means pains here can be healed. And that's where my faith for pains were activated when I spent time meditating on this scripture. Pains just stood out for me. Because there's, a, there's how we go about life and we accept pains as normal. In fact, I, well, I don't know, because sometimes also, you know, as you, what we call maturity sometimes actually growth or non-belief. You know, I remember in, in my early days, which, I mean, I'm admitting right now, I just think it's maybe, yeah. I remember in my early days, when I stumbled on this scripture in the youth meeting, right? And on ministry, we, we got a couple of ladies who used to have very terrible pains during their menstrual period. Terrible, terrible. 
And how I used to know then was the fact that the, then they wouldn't show up in meetings or they wouldn't show up in church. I will try asking them at a point. They would, they would not want to say, but, you know, after insisting, uh, some of them would let me know that's why I did not come. I mean, we stood on this scripture, ministered to a whole lot of them, and got them pain free. Because, see, pain's right here. The Bible says Jesus took care of it. <laughs> I want you to think. Because, you know, some of us expect to have headaches every evening. Yeah. Is headache pain? Huh? Is headache pain? Yes, it is. But Jesus dealt with pains right there. All kinds of pains. Now, of course, I'm not saying that, well, you go to, well, I mean, the Lord can heal you, but it's not like you stay like this all day watching TV. And after eight hours, you might say, pain, Jesus, go ahead. All you need to do is watch another eight hours like this. And so I'm not talking about, I mean, you realize what we say, we talked about source of sickness. We're not talking about, I mean, you going to do all kinds of stuff and getting pains. And now, do, do you understand what I'm saying? But I'm talking about pains as a result of sickness. And how do you do this? You grow into it. Because the, ch- the mistake is this. Sometimes people hear a message of healing like this and go and throw away their medicine. No, you don't do that. Start exercising. Start from that headache. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Start from that little pain you feel. Rebuke it. Take authority over it. Start exercising that. I want us to get to authority today. Let's go on. It says, healing pains, demonites, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. So he healed all this, all this stuff. One of the things I did again was I went through the gospel of Jesus and I circled uh, the gospels about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I circled all kinds of diseases that Jesus healed. Pains, epilepsy, fever, madness, you know, all kinds, all those little, some of them were specific, especially if you read Luke, specific. Like here you can find, uh, well, pains are here, epilepsy is here, paralysis is here. Amen. You take the scriptures, you meditate on them. When you want to minister to somebody, it's on the basis of this that you stand and minister to them. Okay, now, let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 10. Let's see this. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 to 8. Go, just go a few pages or go a few clicks if you have your electronic Bible. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 7. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. Are you learning something? Okay, now let's go to, to Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, verse 1. And now we will go to verse 7 and verse 8. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them what? Authority. Now, if you read the King James Version, it uses the word what again? Power. Now, authority, I'm going to explain it. Just note it, but I'm going to explain it as we move on. Over unclean spirits, over unclean spirits, to cast them out. The word cast in the Greek, oh, it's an interesting word, is ekbalo, E-K-B-E-L-L-O, ekbalo, to cast. It means to trust, to kick off. And that's what we do to evil spirits. We don't negotiate, we don't interview. We act below them. We cast them out. And to cast means a forceful ejection. And the reason I want to, the reason I'm, um, 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 I don't know what kind of 
fly is that or kind of animal is that. But I think it's beetles, right? Like all those weevils. Beetles, not weevils. You know, if you, if you had ever stayed in rural areas before and these beetles um, sting your shirts, hmm? you know, if you just do it like this, it won't come out. Right? How many of you have had that experience? Have you ever experienced something like that? Those beetles, those black ones that comes with the light. Alright? Okay. If you do it like this, it won't come out because it has fastened itself to your shirt. Those kind of beetles, if you want to take them from your shirt, you have to act below them. You have to cast it out. And sometimes we're too calm with sickness and disease. Especially where evil spirits are responsible for it, you've got to cast it out. Not negotiate with it. Cast it out. So he gave them authority to cast them out. Now, look at this. Remember, where we read in... Um, where did you finish reading now? In, in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 4. Now, look at this. In Matthew chapter 4, the scripture says, Jesus healed every kind of disease. Right? Hello, say amen. Say something. Okay. Now, if you go to Matthew chapter 10... We did that in chapter 4. If you go to chapter 10, look at what happened because it gives us an understanding of what authority is, which is the Greek word exousia. It says, Jesus someone is to himself and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal how many kind of disease? Every or all kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Do you realize this was the same thing that was said about Jesus in Matthew chapter 4? That means when he gave that delegated authority, that delegated authority is the same authority that he had in himself. Did you follow this? Okay. Now, go to verse 7. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. The command, straight command. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you receive, freely give. I mean, this is a term of the power. As you go, heal the sick, hmm? cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. <laughs> Imagine, man. You know, sometimes we think that working with Jesus in those days was okay. Jesus did not say, go and start the house fellowship. It's like Jesus just finished training you, right? Train you for, I mean, he just called them not quite long. And just says, well, I give you power. As you go, cleanse, cleanse, <laughs> cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Say, Jesus, I've just joined in church. He said, as you go. Hmm? And yet, there are Christians who can be Christians for 10 years, never heal the sick. But he said, as you go. Do you, do, you, do you realize that most times when you just get born again, there's a kind of faith that is in you? And you experience a lot of miracles until you now come into church, they start training you in unbelief. Because when you now get into church, they start telling you that witches can kill you. You have generational causes. You will now tell yourself, let me, let me escape first before I go and help somebody else. My helper, my helper. Holy Ghost. My father, my fighter. My fire brigade. You know, you now, you, all the authority you had at New Beth, the pastors will strip it from you. By wrong teachings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why we find ourselves where we are. Because if one person is healing the sick and everybody is running to that person, it's, 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 it, it looks joyous. It looks good. But that's anti-kingdom. The kingdom of God is the fact that every one of you seated here should do exactly what he told the disciples to do. 
And not just me. I mean, my job is actually very easy. My job is to tell you that this is what Jesus said you should go and do. Then you go and do it. That's my job. The job is to equip the saints so the saints can do the work of ministry. And someone say, Pastor, I don't have the gift of healing. He's, he didn't say any single thing here about the gift of healing. This is not the gift of healing. This is Christianity 101. Raise the dead. Cleanse the lepers. Heal the sick. Freely have you received this power. Freely give. That means we can charge for doing these things because the, the authority was given to us free. Okay? I know everywhere is quiet now because nobody wants to come on that like, yeah, I have this responsibility. <laughs> huh? How do you think Christianity would be if we say, well, before you become a deacon, you have to heal at least 40 people? Do you think it would make a, a, a difference? You know the reason we fight over positions in churches is because we are not occupied. Hmm? So we fight over positions. Who will share granules? Who will share rice? Who will sit at the back of pastor? You know, some of those things are demon inspired. Because it's just to cause strife. And the Bible says where there's strife and envy, all kinds of evil work are present. So the demons can actually begin to influence people to just cause crisis. And we spend all our time, come on now, we spend all our time doing what? Fighting. How many of you have ever gone on hospital evangelism before? You've gone to the hospital before? To preach, pray for the sick. Okay. <laughs> Somebody say, Pastor, ask the question clearly. Is that how many of us have been in the hospital before? Has been told the hospital. You know, in the hospital means you were the one on the bed. Told means you went to visit, right? I mean, come on, pay attention to details. <laughs> so I'm not saying how many of you have been there. <laughs> like, Pastor, no. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, I mean, this is not to bring you under condemnation. Rather, this is to show us our divine rights so we can live up to it. Because God is counting on us. Because God is counting on us. Now, let's look at this word. I really want us to finish this today. Let's look at this. We'll come back now uh, to it. Let's look at... Can I have my pictures, please? Let's, let's look at this. There are two words. Now, go to Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Then let me... Go to look. Everybody go to look. Put my pictures up. The, the traffic word in first. Go to Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Luke 9, 1. Turn, turn to that place in your Bible. I'm going to have two pictures up. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. We're going to spend time on this. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Okay? Now, what does it read in your Bible? Everybody? Are you there? Is everybody there? If you're there, say amen. amen. Okay. Some people are looking for it. <laughs> okay, is everybody there? If you're there, say amen. Okay, let's read one to go. Luke chapter 9 verse, verse 1. One to go. Let's read. And he called the twelve together and gave them what? Power and what? And authority over what? All the demons and to heal what? Diseases. Verse 2. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom and to perform healing. Now, observe this. If you say, listen carefully, listen carefully, don't miss this. If power is just the same word, could you say that Jesus gave power and authority? No, they're not the same. Because it says he gave power and what? Authority. So, now, Luke was a medical doctor. Now, Luke was able to clarify, if you read Luke chapter 9 verse 1 that we just read, that what Jesus gave the disciples were actually two things. He gave them power and he gave them what? Authority. Now, the word power is dunamis. Now, the word dunamis 
is explosive power. Explosive power is the Holy Spirit. Let me have the, yeah, that's it. Now, if you watch war films a lot, you know, you know what sound you will hear when you hear this, right? What's this? Say it, I know you watch film a lot. But if you're watching Z-World, you will have no idea what this is. You might even think it's, it's bonds. <laughs> if you are a Z-World person. Come on, what is this? This is a bomb. This is an explosion. This is dunamis. So in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, I'll give you power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. Now, you shall receive dunamis. You shall receive explosive power. Now, this explosive power is the miraculous power that goes into effect to heal the sick. So let me explain this to you. If I've got a sickness right now, and I'm, I'm, take, I'm, I'm giving tablets or injection or something to take. Now, that injection is made up of several chemicals, you know, several formulas, right? They go into my system, they get to work, they adjust things, and they get me well. Now, the power that achieves that, for instance, if... if um, well, I haven't seen that so much in my ministry. I think I saw it only once uh, in, in one of our Sori camp meetings. Um, I prayed for someone whose legs were a bit shorter than the other, and then it, it, came, it came to the same size. Now, what made that to happen is explosive power. That's, that's dunamis. Praise God. That's why sometimes when you pray for people, they fall. <laughs> I remember, I think I was with Gideon in that meeting, when we were in Kenya. I was praying for a group of people and then they were falling under the power of God. We had this massive meeting all night praying for people. They were falling under the power of God. And I went to the other section and I saw people standing like this. <laughs> you remember the meeting? You know, people were standing like this. So I had to tell them, listen, don't, don't do that. You know, you know, you know because sometimes we feel when you fall it's because you're demon possessed. No, we've been taught wrongly. It's, it's actually, the power of God is more like, John Gillick describes the power of God as electricity in human form. Hmm? I remember someone came to work uh, in a house one time. <laughs> well, it's not a funny story, but it made me to laugh. You know, and the person climbed up and he was walking and trying to repair the roof and he stepped on naked wire. The next guy here was, <laughs> and I laughed. <laughs> you know, so there's no, it's not like he was demon possessed. He came in contact with dunamis. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So sometimes, listen carefully to this now, sometimes when you hear people scream in church, it's not because they are demon-possessed. You know, but sometimes ignorant pastors will now go there and say, out, out, out. So we, no, no. Sometimes when people come in contact with the Holy Ghost, especially people who have not learned to be yielded. You know, the first time I prophesied publicly, ah, I was so embarrassed. I didn't want to prophesy. I mean, I heard them. I mean, I heard, and when I started prophesying, I didn't even know where I ended up. I mean, that's like the Holy Ghost forcing your mouth open, tying your wing. You know how the Holy Ghost is like, you tie your leg to prophesy. Praise God. And that's why most times we don't see the power of God, because we're too self-conscious. Are you hear what I'm saying? He made you lift up your hands, and you start worshiping the Lord, and you just feel your body shaking, you just say, behave, behave, behave. <laughs> Are you heard I say? <laughs> Just behave. Embarrass yourself here. Behave. And, and you know, the Holy Ghost, of course, people go to the extreme also where, I mean, they just, so, so we've got to walk in the designment of spirits. Are you following what I'm saying? But listen to me, if we want to see the power of God in an explosive manner, there must be a childlike approach to our services. 
That's very important. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay, so this, now, this is exousia. Now, I like this particular picture because, look at this now. Uh, you see this traffic man, right? You see this traffic man, right? <laughs> There's a name that's coming to your head, but don't call that name. It's been coming to my head since I started using this example, but I don't want to call it. But you see this traffic man, right? <laughs> now, this truck, if this truck actually hits this traffic man, the man will die. Right? This truck is big enough. Come on, are you following me? But by stretching its hand, what's happening? What will happen to the truck? The truck will do what? Would stop. Now, why will... Now, listen to this. Why will the truck stop? Exactly. The man doesn't have power. The man has what? Authority. Now, listen to this. What authority is that? The, not just the uniform. Because, okay, let's, let's agree it's part of the uniform. But what authority is that? What authority is backing this man up? Not just the government. Pay attention to details, right? Yeah, it's the government, but, but call it correctly. I mean, a bit of social studies. Don't just say the government. What government is backing it up? Either, either what? The traffic rules. There are, the, the traffic rules is backing him up. The, if it's, if it's LASMA, then you know the Lagos state government is backing it up. If it is the federal road safety, you know that the federal government is backing it up. Now listen carefully to me. Like he said, it is not because anybody can sew this uniform and just go and stay up there. But then that person doesn't have the authority. Now, the authority backing them up have actually been entrenched in the law. Are you following this now? There is a constitution of the Federal Republic of Nigeria that is backing the man who is standing on that traffic. So the man, even though he stretches his hand, is actually stretching the authority and the constitution of the federal government towards this car. And that is why the car has, the truck has to obey. Now let's assume it. The guy has smoked weed. <laughs> and doesn't see this man. And drives past. Right? And let's say this man has a gun or has something. And he throws the bomb. Let's go back to the bomb picture. And he throws the bomb. Hmm? He throws the bomb at the truck. This will be the result. Which means that if you don't understand authority, you would understand dunamis. Or if you, by peradventure, escape exousia, you can't escape dunamis. So what Jesus gave to the disciples was a complete package of healing the sick. There was authority backing them up and there was power backing them up. And what Christians need to learn is how to channel the power of God and the authority of God over sickness and disease. Let me show you something about authority. You, you understand those two pictures now? For some of you, you need to go print some of these pictures and put them in your house and meditate on them until they become understanding. Hmm? So when you lay hands on the sick, you are releasing both the authority of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? Now look at this now. Look at this. Let's look at something about authority. Let's, let's deal with that. Uh, go to Matthew 7.29. Authority. Matthew 7.29. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew 7.29. 
The, the scripture says, For he was teaching Jesus, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So that means the scribes were teaching, but they didn't have authority to do that. They were not teaching as people who had authority. Now, the best explanation of authority is in uh, Matthew chapter 9. Go to Matthew chapter 9 for me. Mm. Look at this. Matthew chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. But as you, as you, but so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to him, to, to the paralytic, get up, pick up your bed and go home. And he got up and went home. But when the crowd saw this, look at this. They were all struck and glorified God who had given such authority to men. So when they saw the healing power flowing through Jesus, all that men say, whoa, it was God who gave this authority. Now, I want to follow something. Every time, now let's go to Matthew chapter... Uh, let's see this now. Let's see 8, 9. Okay. Let's, let me show you an example of authority. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Let's look at verse 5. And when Jesus entered Campanion, a centurion came to him and um, imploring him, verse 6, and saying, Lord, my servant is laying paralyzed at home, fearfully tormented. You can see that there, the spirit of torment was responsible for that. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. So Jesus said, I'm going to come and heal him. Verse 8. But the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Look at verse 9. It says, For I also am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does that. So, Jesus, the, the centurion here was giving us a picture about how authority works. That when authority is in motion, it means that there is someone above you who tells you what to do. So, when Jesus actually told the disciples, go heal the sick, what he did was to give us a legal backing to go heal the sick. So, when I stand before a sick person and I'm ministering to them in the name of Jesus, I'm not ministering to them in my own authority. I'm ministering to them because the Holy Ghost is in me, the greater one is on my inside, and I have the authority of heaven to get sickness out of them. And that's why we must be careful. We must be careful not to always turn people's attention to us. We must learn to give the glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. I remember, uh, I was in South Africa, one of the most dramatic. I was preaching, I think I've told you the story before, the, the night that they called me up to preach, in massive meeting, I was preaching, and I finished preaching, I talked about the power of God. And I want to tell you something, because the power of God works in your life sometimes, even when your own faith is low. <laughs> You know, and I, I was praying for, for people, had the altar call for people who were hooked on drugs and all kind of things. The altar was full. I finished laying hands on people and I saw them bringing this woman. The woman couldn't work. The woman was struggling to work. She couldn't even put her feet. Two people, three people held her and brought her to the front. <laughs> when they were coming, I was just like, wow. Ah, oh, should have closed my meeting like five minutes ago. You know, sometimes you think as pastors, right? We all have it. You know, it's the way pastors also, we all have to grow. I mean, I can share some of this. One of the best things my dad taught me was to tell me the stories of people he prayed for who got healed and those who didn't get healed. <laughs> and he said that. And one of the things he said is this, listen, the ones who did not get healed should not stop you from continuing to pray for the sick. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
And I'll say very boldly, there's no one minister in this world that have had 100% results in ministering to the sick. The only thing is that they show you the testimonies of people who are healed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you've got to, you've, don't be discouraged. They asked Catherine Kuhlman, one of the greatest healing evangelists who Ben Hinn got a lot of importation from, what's your greatest pain in this life? And he says it is about finishing, finishing a healing meeting and still seeing certain people being rolled back, not healed. That was her greatest pain. And this woman had miracles. Miracles. Okay? Now, so, the, the lady was coming and, and they put her in the front seat. So I went to her. And I remember this scripture. I just remember this scripture. And he gave them power. He gave them authority. You know, all those things were playing in my mind. And I just laid hands on her and I said, in Jesus' name, in the authority in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll be made whole. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. You know, I've, I've also seen most times that when I pray for the sick, a lot of people sometimes don't receive the healing as much as they should because a lot of people are used to dramatic healings. Hmm? You remember when one guy showed up on the scene and was stretching hands and, you know, throwing people and playing football over people. You know, and people felt that's the way. I've always maintained this. It's not in you to heal the sick. It's in you to exercise the authority. Just pray. Just say, I don't want to call it a simple prayer, but just pray and have faith. It's your faith that's the activating God. It's not, you know, you want to pray for say, Father, everything. You know, when you do like that and you swear, you say, I pray a powerful Lord. No, no, no. No. Some people need that to help their faith. So, I lay hands. Honestly, <laughs> I don't think I had alpha of faith. But I acted on the word. Because faith is not in our sensory and faith in our, is in our spirit. And sometimes all you need to do is act on the word. The word will never fail. So I prayed and I turned back to close the service. And when I walked, I was walking up and I climbed the step to close the service, I heard this noise behind me. Literally, the power of God came. That woman was healed and she started working. I mean, even me, I started shouting. Because I was as surprised as the people who experienced the miracle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? See, every one of you seated here tonight, if you would take up the challenge and lay hands on the sick, you would see miracles in your hands like never before. You've got to just take it up. How do you start? Start with yourself. Hmm? When you feel all those pains, in Jesus' name, you know, as you start with yourself, what will happen? Your faith will begin to grow. Praise the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, so that's, that's, that's exousia. So dunamis is the Holy Spirit working in us, signs, wonders, and miracles. Why exousia is the positional authority of the believer who is seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, the word exousia means bearing of ruling authority. Bearing of ruling authority. You can say the authority of an official or a government. Authority means the right of the privilege given to someone by another. It refers not to power, but to position. So, we must understand when we are addressing sickness, we've got the backing of heaven over sickness. Glory to God. We've got the backing of heaven. We've got the authority of heaven over sickness. And then we've got the Holy Ghost power over sickness. And we've got to be aggressive over sickness. Praise the name of the Lord. You've got to be aggressive over sickness. So that's what exousia and that's what dunamis mean. Okay? From that word dunamis is what you get your dynamite. Explosive power. Energetic power. Demonstrative power. So for instance, when you're praying for a crippled person, it's the power of God. I'll stretch out the legs. <laughs> I remember 
You know, like I said, if you want to walk in the healing ministry or the miraculous ministry, you must learn to cast your pride down. Huh? Like when I pray, if nothing happens, what about if you pray and something happens? You know, because the actual thing, because you don't want people to laugh at us. That's why we don't do these things, right? You know, that's the truth. That's why most of us don't preach. If you don't die to shame, you can't walk in the power of God. And that's why when I make altar calls, I've made a few altar calls here. When I make altar calls, I don't tell people to close their eyes. Close your eyes, bow your head. Well, are you joining a cult? And I tell people, I mean, and I have, I have results. When I make altar calls, I have results. People come. You know, we've, we've grown up with close your eye, every eye bow, every eye close, raise your hand. You don't want people to know. No. If you're accepting Jesus, be bold. Why? Because we make people accept Jesus in an atmosphere where we don't want them to be ashamed. They also don't know how to go out there. And that's why when I make every altar call, people's eyes are open. If you want to accept, come. If you really hear the message, you will, all the people who told the apostles, what shall we do to be saved? They didn't say, all of you close your eyes. I want to tell the apostles something. Close your eyes. You close your eyes. What shall we do to be saved? What shall we do? No. Some of them cried out, what can I do to be saved? When people hear the message, they will not be ashamed to accept Christ. And we saw that on Sunday. So, uh, early days, was the university 100 level. We had this powerful meeting. Hall was full. My friends were preaching. <laughs> and we had this crippled guy in, in the, at the, at the, that, that attended. And me, my friend, three of us, we felt called into the ministry. We started watching some Benny Hinn. We bought our white suits. <laughs> we're watching atmosphere for miracles we practiced you know and uh, so we wanted to pray for the cripple ah, my friend now said he said well let's take him to the back <laughs> in case it does not work we'll just disappear from there so we carried the guy took him to one dark area back home we commanded him to walk commanded 30 minutes program was almost ended the man was still there we not carried him back and then we took off <laughs> We ran. <laughs> because some people had seen us. You know, God's power doesn't work like that. Do you, do you imagine if that, if that young man had worked? Ah, I'm not sure we would have graduated. Ah, we would not have graduated. Just say later home. We have graduated from the school of the spirits. And you know, if that young man had worked, we would have danced to the front with him. Made sure we took pictures with him. And that just tells you that at that time, we're not really trusting for the power of God for the man. We wanted a name for ourselves. Praise God. And that's the truth. You know, this teaching is exciting when you want a name for yourself. And that's why people fake miracles. Hmm? That's why people fake miracles. Because they cannot stand the fact that that thing did not happen. And I'll tell you the truth. If you want to be used of God, be ready to be ashamed in that sense. You pray for some people, you might not experience. I mean, God wants every sickness healed. But I'm saying that if you minister to some people, you might not get the results as you want it. If you start looking at yourself, and, and, and the reason we cannot grow the church in the healing ministry is because we've built a kind of celebrity model around the healing ministry. So, nobody wants to start out. Hmm? If I say, okay, let's go to the hospital for evangelism right now. You realize that all of us will be walking. Some of you will take care, move, for, move forward. Now, this is what you're going to observe. And I've done this many times. Right? This is what you're going to observe. As we start getting close to the hospital. Hmm? What's in your mind is in my mind, right? <laughs> I can see your thoughts like Jesus. As we start getting close to the hospital, you now see people walking like this. 
They are waiting now. You understand that? They want me to be in front. Are, are you following that? You understand something? Confidence is shifting. Hmm? They feel like, yeah, pastor, pastor fasted. God called him very special. Have you ever led your sister or your younger brother through a dark place? Your younger brother is confident of walking through the dark place. But you yourself, you are afraid. You are, you are also confident that because your brother is with you, nothing will happen. He is confident that because he is with you, nothing will happen. You know, sometimes in ministry, that's how it is. We all have to walk by faith. I don't have prepared faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't have prepared faith. I, I, I built faith up to 2025. I can use it. I think to not expire. No. I have to feed my faith. I have to get the work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Daily. And you, you know the reason I'm telling you all of this? I'm telling you this so you can be confident to walk in the power of God. That's why when Peter, we'll talk about that next, next, next week, when Peter healed that sick person, and they were almost worshipping them, what did they say? No! It's not by our own holiness, but faith in the name of Jesus that got the man healed. Every time the apostles performed miracles, they pointed people to Jesus and told, told people about their humanity. Why? So that every one of them can come into the confidence and walk in that ministry. God wants us to represent the kingdom by healing the sick. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, if you read Luke chapter 10 verse 1, and we close there. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. Luke 10, 1. Glory to God. Luke, 10, chap- Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. I want to show you something here and then we'll, we'll close. Have you learned something tonight? Come on, are you going to exercise authority in your home tonight? Come on, I said, are you going to exercise authority in your home tonight? Yeah, Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Look at this. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where himself was going to come. And he was, and he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, alright? But the laborers are few. Therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go to verse 8. The 70 now, 70. These were not the 12 apostles. 70. Whatever city... You enter and they receive you. Eat what is said before you. So those of you who choose food will not have made this 70. Say, eat whatever is said before you. Okay. Verse 9. And heal those in it who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Do you know why I read this scripture? It was not only the apostles that Jesus gave authority to heal the sick. Even these 70 disciples that we don't know their name. Jesus said, when you go to the city, he says, Look, at, I like the command. He says, heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. That means we cannot preach the kingdom without healing the sick. On, on, so, it was not only the twelve disciples who were healing the sick when Jesus was alive. These seventy were also healing. And you know what Jesus did? In fact, Jesus, come on, who's, who's singing for me? Jesus did this, right? I like this. You know what Jesus did? He said, every city he's going to come to he sent these people to go and be performing miracles before he came. He said he sent them to every city he was going to get into. Our time is up, but let's worship the Lord for a moment and let's just receive his healing power. Thank you, Father. Let's receive his healing power. And I feel very specific tonight. That we're going to cast out spirits of infirmity. Spirits of infirmity. 
spirits of infirmity. Thank you, Jesus. Spirits of infirmity. That means sicknesses that demonic powers are responsible for. We're going to cast them out. Not just out of our lives, but out of our loved ones. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Let's just worship for a moment. I worship you. Oh, I worship you. your hands and worship him. Just worship I him. Worship you. We rebuke spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus. We cast you out evil spirits responsible for sicknesses in the life of people. Lift God's people in the name of Jesus. We cast them out. Recurring problems. Recurring we come into agreement as a church of the living God. And we take authority over reoccurring demonic sicknesses. We rebuke those spirits. And in the name of Jesus, we cast them out in Jesus' name. From our bodies. From the bodies of our children. From the bodies of our wives and our loved ones. 
that devil of darkness will rebuke you. Sicknesses that you will treat and they will come back and treat and come back. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Take your hands of God's people. The word says we will heal the sick and will declare to them that the kingdom has come. And one of the signs of the kingdom is peace. Mental issues. The spirit of depression. I break that over your life tonight. Mental health issues. Confusion of your mind. I rebuke that in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for absolute healing. We thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles that will take place. Lift your hands one more time. We worship you, Father. Nothing is impossible. No disease incurable. In the atmosphere. Oh, come on, church. Let's receive that right now. In the atmosphere. Oh, the power of Jesus is, it, is at work in this place right here. Is at work in this place. In this atmosphere. One more time, everybody. Come on. Yes, responsibility to take this atmosphere to our workplace and our homes. We can't allow the devil overrun with sickness. We're here to impose the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles in our midst. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty hand. God. Hallelujah. Keep playing that. Just keep playing that. Keep playing that. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's 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 have our seats. So just have that. Just keep playing that. Thank you, Father. Glory, glory to God. Let's just get our offerings out quickly. Oh, shabala kaso telebrando sekete baradosh, bando sekete baradayo. Father, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.